iRadio76 proudly presents the 515 Show with your host, John Sarver. Who's at the 515 door today? Oh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Only because this gentleman is out there sweating for you. <laughs> Just coming in after scraping off the track today, it is Jason Murray from the National Trail Raceway. Hiya, Jason. How are you guys? Dandy. Now, what were you doing out there in the hot heat? Well, um, it's a little bit of track maintenance that we have to do and every racetrack has to do. Um, is you got to scrape off the excess rubber each and every week. Um, this week we did have to do a little bit further down because we have some big events coming up um, here at uh, National Trail Raceway, so it was better to get it all done, especially with it being hot, so it scraped a little easier than having to use too much heat on it. But, yeah, we, that's pretty much maintenance that you got to do week to week for a racetrack. You know, Jason, how much prep time does it take to get the track in perfect order? Uh, you're probably looking... On a weekly basis, if we have a Friday, Saturday, Sunday race, it'll take us probably a good day to get everything scraped, um, washed, drugged back in, um, reprepped, and then we do maintenance each night on the racetrack as well. Um, after every night, we'll scrape it down to about 60 feet to 100 feet, just depending on how much, how many cars we have that that day and what the weather looks like for the following day, just to give the racers the best racing conditions we can possibly give. And the most consistent, as most race. I mean, if you're into racing and it's, we do a lot of bracket racing here, so you want to be as consistent as possible. So you want the track prep to be consistent to give the racers that much more consistency to dial their cars in. Yeah. Now, National Trail is in Hebron. How do you pronounce that? Uh, yep, Hebron, Ohio, um, just east of Columbus, Ohio. Now, National Trail has been around since what, '64? Yep, 1964, the Raiders uh, built the track and opened it in uh, July 4th of 1964. And the first NHRA Spring Nationals for the track was held in 1972. And then uh, it's been NHRA purchased it in 96. And then Chris Payne purchased it in 2017. And then we purchased it again in 2018. You know, and a matter of fact, that just came through on the... Uh Hotline here at CKWI Radio 76. I hope you don't mind answering some questions if they've come writing in, Jason. Nope, absolutely. Great. Well, the first one that came in, and it's not from Morocco, and, and it's one thing that we went right over the top. If you're, I'll paraphrase, if he's, if he's scraping the track, what does he do there? <laughs> so what's your title, Jason? <laughs> um, my, my job title is pretty much director of operations and slash co-owner. So I kind of do, I'm, I'm what you would consider a jack of all trades, master of none. So I do a little bit of everything from cleaning toilets to signing multi-thousand dollar deals for marketing to scraping the racetrack to running the events. So it's a little bit of everything. It's kind of something that I've done since I was 14, so... And you're what, 26 now? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm 35 now, so I've been doing this for over half my life. You're 35 now and you're a co-owner of an NHRA track? Yeah. Wow. I mean, you must so, have taken back a lot of empty pop bottles to get to that. Whee, kids. Oh, oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you? if you're scraping the track and you're a co-owner, normally people get this idea that co-owners are owners. They have that real cushy suite up there, and that air conditioning never goes off at 73. 
you know, and that nice lazy boy. I mean, do you feel that you, not like it's a delegational problem, but it's like you want to make sure that that track looks just the way you want it? Um, yes, it's a lot like that. Um, I'm a very, I've, I've learned from being a young age from the, from the managers and bosses that I've had is to be, it's better to be hands-on. One, it's always good to be hands-on because you can always learn something because, I mean, if I'm not the one scraping out there and I have guys out there scraping and they come back and say, hey, this is what the track looks like. And I'm like, all right, well, let's deal with it. But if I'm out there, I'm like, oh, let's redo this because let's make sure it's right. Um, but also, I like being hands-on just purely because, on anything, just purely because it gives you more of a sense of, I guess, accomplishment of helping get everything done. I mean, it's, I'm not one of those, I'm not, I'm not a manager that just sits in the tower or sits in the suite and says, hey, go do all my stuff for me. No, <laughs> I'll never tell somebody to go do something that I'm not willing to do myself. Yeah, you know, there's some way, Jason, there's not like there's a school for dragway management. I mean, how did you get there? Um, I started working in a racetrack. I'm originally from Oregon. I started working in a racetrack in Oregon yep, when I was 14 years old in time slips. What did you it do? Was... Make a wrong turn somewhere? <laughs> no, no. Um, I, I started in Oregon, and I worked my way up at like 16, 17 years old to start working in the tower and running the tower and running the events. And then when I hit college, I decided to start uh, traveling. I traveled with an HRA. Um, across the country, I've been to, I've actually been to the Middle East and worked events over there, I've been to Europe and worked events, um, I've been to all over Canada working events, so I, I kind of, I was kind of one of those guys that would go around and, and I was considered kind of a gunslinger, I'd come into town, help you get your events figured out, get your racetrack figured out, and then I would leave town before the sheriff got to me. <laughs> Okay. You know, it, everybody knows here at CK, NHRA has, it's kind of rarefied air. I mean, this isn't like run what you brung and here you go. NHRA is like the big daddy of all this. How right. did you get to be at, at such an early age, you know, to, to be a gunslinger and travel all around the United States with an NHRA? Um, it was, I mean, I got the opportunity. I had some friends that were fairly high up in NHRA and they said, hey, are you interested in doing a couple events for us? I'm like, sure, no problem. So I, I came in, and after like one or two events, they were like, and I was only 18, 19 years old, and they are like, well, do you want to do more? I'm like, sure, why not? And at that time, because, I mean, this was back in 2004, 2005, 2006, online college was just coming out. So I was like, hey, I can do college and travel, hmm. see, the country, see the country, see parts of the world I'd never get to see, and I don't have to pay for it. And I was like, perfect. So I was able to do my college education. I mean, it was I was at the Winter Nationals in 2006, and I had this. I was in. I was working. And I had to take an hour and a half break to go take a final because <laughs> I was in the middle of class. I'm like, I, I gotta stop. I gotta go take my final. It's only open for this time. I'm like, okay, no problem. And I go right back to work. So <laughs> awesome. So what makes you so? If you went to the Middle East, and I'm thinking you probably did something on an Air Force base or something. Or did you go no, to Dubai? I, we, I was in, we, I went to Bahrain, I've been to Bahrain and Qatar for the racetracks over there that they have um, to help out a couple of events that they had over there. Um, I've been to Hockenheim a couple times to help out at the Nitro Olympics, their big uh, European drag racing series. And then I've also been to Santa Pod as well. Yeah, because again, we just, uh, 
the fine friends, the listeners that we have from Sweden. I mean, they're drag racing crazy over there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, I, I will say in some of my, my travels, being the European events have been the most part of the rap. I mean, hands down, they are... They love drag racing, and it's and it for them. It's it's it is it's a show, and it's it's for them. It's fun. It's like the old days. I mean, again, I'm only 35, so I don't remember the, the drag racing era of the 1970s and 60s out here in the United States. But it seems to me a lot like that over there. Is it's that it's the cool thing to do. It's fun, and it's just a party. Yeah, it's got to be fun to be to participate in that because you read, you see magazines and stuff on the internet where you know where they had snake and mongoose and everybody was running at orange and all that stuff, you know, and you you just saw everybody jamming the stands there and folks going nuts and that is and you're absolutely right. That's what we see in Sweden, and you did go to Great Britain, didn't you? Yep, I've been to Santa Pod for the uh, European finals. You know, Jason, what kind of track conditions do they have over there? I mean, is it slightly different than here, or? Um, the, so, over, I mean, Santa Pod, when I was there, it was all asphalt. I think they've got some, con- I think they got concrete now. Um, and I know uh, the track in uh, Sweden, I think it's Turp, Turp um, it has always concrete as well. But when, like, we went to um, Hockenheim, it was an all asphalt track just on the backside, and it actually used part of the Formula One track, so... It was a little more trickier track conditions due to the fact that just they weren't. They're not all technically purpose. There's only a couple over there that are purposely built racetracks, like you have in the United States. What a lot of their stuff was converted Air Force bases, runways, yeah. um, turned into drag races. Which kudos to them. They I mean they've been able to to be successful and have. I mean, be one of the most successful racetracks in the in the world. Oh yeah, I mean. Did you ever go to like one of these tracks across the sea and go, um, this is it? <laughs> uh, not yet. Yeah, thank God you haven't. Right. <laughs> well, especially if they're if if NHRA is knocking on the door, you know, you're not just going to, to some backwood place. But there's very how many drag strips are in Europe? Five, six. Um, I think they've got they've got four or five that are big, and then I think they have some little ones. I know Holland's got some. I mean, there, there's a there's a good amount of, and they've got like a little like little clubs that run. I think there's a one in Switzerland that has a little club up in the the uh, up in their mountain hit range. So, but I, I think it's not, to me for me it's not always about the big tracks. It's sometimes the little tracks are the fun ones too because you you get a, you're a close knit family. Um, the, the community really supports some of the little tracks all over the world. So. You know, we have a. I hope you don't mind answering another one off the hotline CKWI Radio seventy six email. But Denise and I, I guess this is Arkansas. And I, again, I'll paraphrase. What kind of degree do you get when you're running an NHRA event? <laughs> Evidently, I think they were trying to ask what degree did you end up with. So I have I have my bachelor's in business, and then I have a master's degree in um, marketing. All right, Jason, do you ever sleep? So no, not <laughs> and not not since I, not since we bought the racetrack. I can tell you that national here in National Trail Raceway, so we I mean we we're seven days a week, three hundred sixty five days a year. That's for sure. I mean, everything that you had to do, how hard, Jason, was it to book after a COVID year? Um, 
Our year so far this year has been actually pretty good. Um, we haven't had too bad. The biggest problem we've had, and I think this is a, I think this is with every racetrack across the country, is just trying to find people to, to help out and work at the event. So that's been our I think our biggest obstacle is just the staffing. But other than that, I mean our rate we I mean our car counts up um, compared to last year. Our car count last year was up compared to the year before. So. We've seen an upward trend since we took it over the track here at um, National Trail Raceway since we first our first season was 2019, and uh, I think that's been a, a testament to both mine and the uh, Jay Livingston, the other owner, and our staff of just putting their hearts and soul into the facility to keep the racers happy, and and even for fans, fans are, are welcomed back here, especially after COVID, and they love it. I mean, they're they're here in droves. We've got guys, we have fans. Coming just to come out and watch a racket race, which is uncalled, which is absolutely blows your mind here because most racers, most fans don't go watch racket racing, but we got people who come just to watch racket race because they can they can come watch something. Well, it's everybody wants to get out. I mean, that's without a doubt. In Michigan, um, nobody could to race do anything really till like mid year last year, and then it was pretty light because of the weather. So, you know, God bless that everybody's coming out now. But look at the events you've had this year, though. You know, we do have to ask you, though, and, and we have it in quotation marks here. What is the Demolition Drags? So, Demolition Drag Race is, is an idea I got from watching Cletus and Cars um, down in Florida and Houston. And it's, it's a drag race, but yeah. it's a race where you have to hit each other <laughs> at least once after the 60-foot mark, between 60, <laughs> 60 foot and the eighth mile. And, and it was it was pretty good. I mean, it, for a first-year event and first time we'd ever done it, and the, and the first time I, I can, I first time that we ever did it, and it was, it was a big event, and it was a lot of fun. And a lot of people, a lot of racetracks across the country, and I'm talking big racetracks that I'm pretty good friends with, their owners and managers all call me and say, so how bad was the cleanup? How was this? How about yeah. this? I mean, everybody had questions afterwards. And I said, you know, cleanup was about six hours total time. And they're like, that's it? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, well, how are your walls? Well, they're, they're a lot of different colors, but there's no cracks in them. And they're like, oh. And I said, I mean, but the fans had fun. I mean, we even had a second one. Because the first one in May was so successful that we've added a second one in October called the Fall Pumpkin Smash. I've got a couple, I've got a couple, a couple farmers that are going to bring out some big pumpkins and we're going to put some fireworks in them and blow them up. So have some fun. <laughs> That's genius. Genius. And and it's not a word that here at CK, if you get the genius sticker on your forehead then you you've hit the heights i mean that is incredibly smart with every kind of promotion that we've seen big and small that tracks have been trying to do even down to that weird four people drag and the mile drag and the whole nine yards demolition drag seems to be one of the most fun and original ideas we have heard that's amazing i mean mean, it's been it, it it has turned out to be um it, it has been a lot of fun. I mean, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, I think some of the racers that, that were involved in it were like, man, I didn't think hitting the wall at 25 miles an hour would hurt that bad. And I'm like, oh, yeah, it does. But they're all like, man, 
I got a whole bunch of buddies that want to do it. I mean, and it, and it was. And we really, for the first year, for this first event, we didn't really do a lot of advertising. Cause I was like, ah, let's see how this works. Let's see how it goes. Because I had never done one. I just kind of watched it on TV. I watched it on YouTube and saw how it done. And Yeah. Um, I was like, all right, well, then people just start. I, I didn't do a lot. It was on the word of mouth. And you get four or 5,000 people showing up on the word of mouth. And I'm like, oh, my God, what if we'd have done a lot of advertisement on this? We'd have been overrun. But it's a good thing, so... Yeah, I mean, what a bummer thing to have people be jamming the stands there. But do tell us, and and we do have the paper on the glass facing me, oil down with a question mark. How much oil down did you have? We actually, it's funny, we, for that event, we only had really one oil down. The rest of it was like, because I mean, the rules were pretty basic, Drain, drain, drain your antifreeze. Put you can run as much water as you want, but drain your antifreeze. Yeah. So I don't, we don't have to pick up a lot of antifreeze. We only had one oil down, and that was at the end of the night. It was like the last second to last pair, and I'm like, oh, we got to at least attempt to clean this up. And then I'm like, eh, let's get something cleaned up on it so it doesn't sit on the track itself because that'll just make the cleanup even worse later on. So yeah. we got it cleaned up a little bit, and I said, I put I put a cone out there, and I said, here's the oil. Don't drive in it. And the guy's like, what do you mean? He said, I'm putting cones out. Don't drive in the oil. Stay between the two cones. So don't drive in the oil. He's like, hey. So. Jason, you must be able to sell ice cubes to Eskimos. How did you talk drag racers into saying, hey, look, guys, who wants to smash into each other? It, it actually, it was, I mean, I mean, because granted, it's, they're not real race cars. I mean, they're they're purposely built demo cars. I mean, they're they're junkers. They're someone yeah. goes down and gets a two hundred dollar, four hundred dollar car, gets it running for three or four times. And but we probably had seven or eight of our regular racers come out, and they went and got cars, and they're they were like, "This is fun." Because the thing that I've learned over my time, and, and this is just me, yeah. is in drag racing. Drag racing is drag racing, but a race facility is not just a drag strip. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to have fun. You're supposed to come up with different ideas, and you want to have you want to entertain the spectators. You want to entertain people. And the thing for me was when I first got here, I said from the beginning, I told my the other my I I called my boss, but he's the other co-owner. I said I want to do a demolition drag racing. He's like, okay. The first year just didn't work because we just we we were running out of time just to get everything done. And then COVID hit, of course, so we weren't, we weren't yeah. able to do it in 2020 because I couldn't have spectators because I didn't want to put on an event like that without spectators. And then 2021 hits, and I can we can do it, and it's like, oh, my God. And people, I mean, it was, I mean, I, I, I will say this. I had some people complain at the end, complain that the guys didn't hit hard enough or didn't hit enough. <laughs> and I'm like, man, these people really were out for blood. They, this is like gladiators with modern day with cars. Oh, my like, God. Yeah, we oh. didn't see limbs fly. We want our money back. I mean, we we had some pretty good ones. We broke a couple. Call, we broke a collarbone, wow. knocked a couple people unconscious. But hey, oh, they, were, they enjoyed it and they had fun. That's all that mattered. Jason Murray, we we can't be more impressed. Only because the some of the tracks that we go around to and we talk and we broadcast from and stuff. A lot of them are very driver centric, and that's where your money comes from. You know, depending on the size of your track and stuff like that. There is see, and uh, you sure you haven't looked at our website a lot? It's only because we notice that there seems to be a lot of stands, but not a lot of fannies in them because there right. is no hook. 
There is nothing for people. Yes, people are going to come out if you ran two buggies down the down the quarter mile only because they want to get out. But to give them something for entertainment dollars, like back in the day, you know, when you would got got people to come in for all kinds of fun, you know, promotions. Genius move, man. Genius move. Thanks a lot for everybody here at CKIW and our listeners. Thank you so very much for, for remembering the fans. You know. Oh yeah. I mean, it's 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 I, the thing I learned a lot. I mean, I've learned over my time of traveling and, and being around racers, racers and racers and races and fans is you have to have the happy meeting. You're always gonna have you got to have your bracket races because mm-hmm. that's your that's that that is your that's your that's your blood and bones. I mean, that's 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 sure. your backbone of racing, but. Every once in a while, it's okay to have fun. It's okay to do something a little different. It's okay to to try stuff outside. The thing is, is you can't stick with the status quo anymore. You've got to try stuff outside the box because if you don't, you're just going to stay the same no matter what you do. You're always going to stay the same. You're never going to go forward. You're always going to stay pretty much doing circles and, and everything like that, round and round and round and round. But if you do stuff where you can um, go out and maybe possibly go outside the box if you're outside the box well then guess what who knows what could happen that's genius i mean that really is because there's a lot of stuff we see sometimes that track owners will throw money but money doesn't it may back in the day uh, impressed fans to show up but people aren't going to pay twenty dollars i had twenty five dollars i had fifteen dollars i had to watch somebody else win twenty thousand bucks you know right but if you see, if you give them something, something, you know, to say, come on, let's everybody get in the car and let's go. Because as, you know, one of the current cop-outs are to say, well, folks have a lot more, you know, things that they could be doing. Yeah, they do. But if they like something, they will go to it, you know, including a drag strip. And I'm telling you, uh, constantly thinking of new things like this is seriously genius move, Jason. Honestly, nice job. You know, Thank I mean, you. is there something else that you're thinking? I can almost imagine. I mean, do you lay down in the hammock and go, hey, I wonder if we do this? Um, not, I mean, I've always got stuff up my sleeve of, of, of events. I would like, hey, I wonder if we ever did something like this or tried this. Um, most of the things, I mean, that that's really the only event that I've ever, and it really wasn't even my idea. Like I said, I, I got the idea from Quetus and Cars. His was more of a, his was part of an event, and it really wasn't, it wasn't based off of just doing demolition drag racing. It was more like, okay, here's part of my event. Here's 10 of my friends going out and beating each other up on with race cars. It was, but mine was like, I want to make this open to the public. I want to be able to have some fun. But I, I have, I mean, I guess, I don't know if I'm tapped out, but I, I haven't had that, that, that <laughs> idea that the light bulb comes on. Goes, Let's try this. Now, I mean, now bracket wise, I will say, yeah, there's a lot of racetracks out there that are just throwing money at bracket racers and mm-hmm. and, and and saying, hey, let's have a fifty thousand dollar to win race every weekend. And the thing is, is if you look at a lot of them nowadays, there there's there's a lot of struggles there now because that yeah. market's oh, it's flooded. You you flooded that market with with all these big money races. And we've learned in the last year or so is we we did a couple of just guaranteed like twenty five hundred dollar races. And we've turned out to where we're getting bigger car counts than we've ever seen. And I'm like, where'd you guys all come from? They're like, oh, well, we figured it's only 2500 to win. So not a lot of, not all the big travel pros <laughs> come. And I'm like, guess okay. again. Yeah. I was, I'm perfect. I'll, I'll take it. But, um, 
the thing is, it's just it's, you've always I've always said I mean I've I've, I've worked at racetracks and I've worked at other tracks and worked with other owners that they just they kept doing the same thing over and over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I've always learned that I I learned when I grew up growing up from my grandpa was don't always give everybody don't you don't have to give everybody filet mignon the first time you can give them a hamburger and then the next time you can give them a top sirloin so the thing is is i don't throw everything i don't show all my cards right away so each year our demolition race our demolition races will get a little bit better a little bit easier a little bit more fun and you never know we might throw something else in there that'll be completely off the wall that might be successful or why not (laughs) one car has a live hand grenade in it guess which one (laughs) (laughs) right I, mean, I, I I had an idea. I mean, there was we were sitting. I was sitting on a. I was sitting on the lake um, by the track here, and I was like, "Wonder if I could ever do like a car jousting, and come at each other and hit right in the middle, and, but without killing anybody or anybody getting seriously hurt." Genius, great. That's excellent. Right. That yeah, without anybody. Getting hurt. Yeah. I mean, what kind of cars would you use? Pro mods? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it's like, I mean, because, but you, I mean, that's, but that's the, that's Genius. the market. That's the thing with racetracks is in, and it, and it hurts. It doesn't hurt me. It just, it, it disappoints me in some, some tracks that they don't, they don't think of like how, I mean, you can't, we are fighting for entertainment dollars with a lot of different, mm-hmm. um, a lot of different things. I mean, you can go on your phone and watch movies now. That, never, that aren't even released to the theaters yet. Um, that's not something you, we the tracks used to have to fight in the 90s, 80s, even early 2000s. Um, so you do have to try to find, find that niche to try to get people out here. The other thing that I learned is you don't want to have a major event every week because eventually you're, you're, you're now flooded your own market with events. It's good. If you have a good spectator event about once a month, it, it's good because it gives them that time to say, hey, let's go out to the racetrack on a Saturday night. Or, hey, they're racing this Sunday and they've got top alcohol dragsters, top alcohol funny cars, 280 mile an hour. Oh, okay, we'll go out on a Sunday because we haven't been there for a month. You keep, them entertain- you keep them entertained throughout the summer. You don't have to get their entertainment dollar every day and every night. But as long as you can keep them and keep them coming back, and as long as they have a good time, I've always learned that, after a good time, they go and tell three or four of their friends that, hey, we went and had a really good time at National Trail Raceway. Hopefully a couple of their friends come back the next time. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a wonderful way to go out, only because how many drag strips, Jason, are near you? Or I should say in the state of Ohio. Oh, Ohio's got one, two, three, four. I mean, there's probably ten, ten drag strips in the state of Ohio. Ten. Maybe right. maybe a little less. And how many within about an hour range from you? We're within an hour and a half of us. You could get to one, two, three, pretty much three racetracks. <sighs> within three hours, you you could go. Within three hours, you're in. I mean, there's even more. I mean, so you you really do. It's it is a dog eat dog world here. But at the same point, there's no point. I mean, you do what you do, and you hope you do it good enough to where people come out. Yeah, and especially how many now let's go this way, how many NHRA tracks are in Ohio? Um, NHRA tracks there is now you've got us, Norwalk, Kilcare, and Edgewater. Those are your four NHRA tracks. Um in Ohio. Norwalk, with, in Ohio. And of course Norwalk's the one the big track with, with uh with Bill Bader and, and some at the Summit Motorsports Park. Mm-hmm. So they've got the the national event and, and the night under fire. 
they're big events. I mean, they have some major events as well. I mean, they have other major events as well. They're the they're, I mean, they're the big dog in the state of Ohio. Plain and simple, they are. Everybody else is is a little bit is is the smaller version, um, and always is always looking up to seeing what they're doing and 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 trying to not necessarily emulate, but trying to do what they can to at least attempt to try to get up to that point. Yeah, because man, there's <laughs> we'll tell you how many drag strips there are in Michigan. Six, maybe five, maybe four. How many NHRA tracks are there? None. You know. I think with Milan closing, yeah, with Milan not opening, you you lost the last NHRA track that was there. Yeah, and that was an NHRA for how long now? You know, so that makes it even more fun that Ohio has this heartbeat of drag racing. It's insane. You know, I right. mean, every Friday, what'd you say? Within an hour, you could go to three different drag strips. Yep. Holy! And so now, now you got to hustle harder because look at what the competition you have. Wow! Oh yeah! All right, here. Let me not tell you something you don't already know. But wow! How many spectators? And it, here's and thanks again for on the hotline. How many spectators does National Trail hold? Um, well, we've actually done some upgrades to our stands. Is we purchased the we purchased fourteen sections of uh, aluminum grandstands out of Gainesville. From the left side of Gainesville um, this last year, and we've got them up. We're right around, I think, right now capacity rise around ten to tw- I think around eleven thousand. But we are in the process of trying to purchase some more grandstands for our um, the left side of the track, the spectator side, to redo all those and put all new grandstands up there. That would take us to probably right around that fifteen to sixteen thousand seats uh, capacity with. With the possibility, if ever need be, we could we could in, we could almost double that um, because we could add another level up on those the grandstands that we we've, we've purchased. Wow. Okay. So, well, that's a lot of fannies we got to get in there. <laughs> oh yeah. No wonder why you're always thinking. Oh yeah. I mean, okay. So now, and here's it, I knew it was coming, and I was waiting for this, and it always pops up whenever we hear this. All right. Paul Mazan, and he is from Dover, but Dover, Wisconsin. <laughs> Everyone, eighth mile or quarter mile track? So the track is, I mean, we, we are a quarter mile facility, but we run because um, Division Three, NHRA Division Three, Super Pro, and Pro run eighth mile. At the ET Finals, we run eighth mile for those events and for our bigger bracket races, purely because the racers here they like eighth mile. It's less wear and tear on their vehicles. Um, as a rate from a racetrack point of view, it's safer. I mean, you just you don't have the high speed crashes at eighth mile. Um, we do have a Wednesday night series that runs once a month that runs quarter mile for all classes. So that gives you guys that are the old school guys that like the quarter mile gives them their <laughs> chance once a month to come out. Um, our Jig Speed Week, which is our divisional event, they they run quarter mile as well, um, yeah. and then we do our Test and Tunes as quarter mile as well. <laughs> you old guys. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, it okay. is. I mean, a lot. Of, I, I know a lot of old school guys are, are totally against, and I know this might this might put a fracture between some people, but I grew up watching quarter mile racing, and I was with the first thousand foot race at Bandemir when they did their 1,000-foot race, and I watched some of the closest nitro racing in the history of drag racing because the guys were just, it's closer racing because you, you, you shorten that distance to screw stuff up. And and I remember having a conversation um, 
with some guys and some of the, the originals of NHRA, and they always said, they said, hey, drag racing was from point A to point B. It don't matter if it's 60 foot or if it's 860 foot or 2,060 foot. That's how a drag race is. Point A to point B, as long as you can win it. <laughs> That's a good way of looking at it. There you go. Talking about there we go. We have big events coming up at National, don't you? Yes, we've got our uh, big our Mopar Nationals, which will be coming up August thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth. So, and we're jumping the general league. So we've got the general, we've got the Dukes of uh, Northern Ohio going to come out with a general league and jump it on Saturday. And that is that is the Mopar enthusiast event. That is for swap meters, car show, drag racers. Vendors, it, it, it is a happening event here yeah, at you know, National Federal Raceway. The funny thing is, and our listeners know, that every track has a Mopar versus the world. Everybody does. you know, And, and they're fairly successful. And in some, they've done doing it for 20-some years or whatever. But everything that we take a look at National Trail, I mean, we see a Mopar event with a huge tent there. You know, yeah, and you have the Dukes of Hazard folks, um, yep. a few of those who's ever left i assume um and then we see car after car and swap i mean what makes the um national trail raceway mopar versus the world mopar event bigger and better than anybody else or different let's just say different than anybody else ours actually the event here is not mopar versus the world if you're not a mopar you don't get into the race so it's only Mopars, and it's just, I think it's because it's the longest running. I mean, you've got, this year will be the 40th anniversary of it, so it's been here for 40, 40 years. Last year, of course, it didn't happen, but this year it's the 40th anniversary, so you have that longevity here, and it's just, it's the week, it's it's like it's like every, it's like your drag racing, your NHRA drag racing fan in the Midwest. They always go to Indy. They take that weekend, they take Labor Day weekend off, they make sure to go to Indy for the whole week. And that's what the Mopar fans around here do. They say they're here. We'll have people rolling into the campground around around the track on Tuesday, getting ready to come in just for the Mopar Nats. Wow. What is your car count then? Um, drag racing-wise, it's right around that 300 to 400, depending on the weather. Um, swap meet, I think they had over 1,000 swap meet spaces sold last year. Um, and then you also have the car show, the fun field. You know, it's just it is a full-on Mopar enthusiast event. You know, Jason, how big is National Trail? I mean, the whole land around it and everything. Uh, it's two hundred and thirty acres. Oh, so you guys are really tight. God, two hundred and thirty acres. <laughs> yeah. Let me guess. You cut the grass too. Um, <laughs> if, if, if need be. I've got a couple of retired racers that like to cut grass, and so we've got some mowers that they, they, they usually like to go in and jump on the mowers all week. Um, this year this year has been interesting because we'll cut the grass, and it'll rain an inch, and then it'll grow six inches. So it's been hard trying to keep up with the mowing, like, that's for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, how's the weather down there this year for you? Um, it's, we've had some we've had a couple of events that have gotten rain. Um, our NHRA, uh, Sports Nationals, and Lucas Oil Drag Racing Series event. A couple weeks ago, got a lot of rain. We I think we drove the track one day five times before one o'clock in the afternoon. So it, it was wow. an interesting one. So we got a lot of water there, but we only had to pull out one racer or two racers that weekend. So that was always a good sign. 
Well, okay, so instead of going from something that got rained out, what's coming up? I know we touched on that before, but tell us your big events coming up this year. Uh, our, for the rest of our season, our big events will be, of course, the Mopar Nationals, and then we have the inaugural Summer Fling, which is a uh, big money bracket race, one of the biggest money bracket. The, it will be the biggest money bracket race in the state of Ohio. That will come up at the end of August, and then, of course, we have import face-off for all the import and uh, car show car meet guys that'll be labor day weekend and then we also have our big halloween um hoot out which is kind of our halloween um, themed event where we have trick-or-treating for the kids and we do uh, pet decorating contests and stuff like that and then we have our, our last event of the year will be our fall pumpkin smash where we, we finish <laughs> up the season with a demolition race oh my god the place is going to be packed i mean packed and now we have against the glass. I know, I know. When you said it's going to be the biggest money bracket race, what does the biggest money bracket mean? I mean, we know it what is, it is, but how much money are we talking? So it, it, it will be a 25. It, there's three days of There's actually four days of racing that you can get into. Um, one day will be $15,000 to win. The next day will be $25,000 to win. And then that Friday of the summer fling, it'll be $100,000 to win. And then Saturday's another $25,000 to win. So total total purse will be the largest purse um, in the state of Ohio um, for this year. And uh, with the hopes of, of being able to increase that over the time as the event grows. Wow. wow. Oh, okay. And now we see this too. All right, now we have, uh, and I, I, I'm sorry that we can't, <laughs> Katherine, I believe the name is, is wondering if they go down to see you at National Trail Race, right? Uh, concessions, question mark. Yep, we have concessions. We have a full concession stand. We have the Surger Basic concession food. We also have extra food vendors for all the big events. We have an official ice cream company that's here for all of our events. They're and a the local family-owned ice cream company. Who are they? Uh, it's called Weldon's Ice Cream. They've been operating since the 1950s, and they are they are a local um, ice cream shop. So they they are official ice cream. Um, but we also have so, also serve full out, uh, full beer. I mean, we're you're your main racetrack. You're you're you. We have your main concession food, but on major events, we also do bring in the extra, the fun stuff, the the cotton candy, the kind of like a fair atmosphere sometimes. Wow. All right, and now your sponsors over there, Jason. Um, of course, our big ones being the home of Jags. We are we are at Jags track, and we are you you, you see yellow and black everywhere here. Um, and then of course our big other big sponsor is Pepsi and uh, um, United Rentals, which is a big sponsor here as well. So, wow, and you are fairly close to Columbus for folks who don't know exactly where you're at, right? Yep, yep, we are located just about, uh, downtown Columbus is less than 25 minutes. And I'm thinking it's fairly easy to get na to National Trail yep. Raceway? Just, yep, you just jump on 70 and head east. <laughs> and we're, two, we're, and we're, we're, if we're running at night, you can see the lights from the, from the, from the interstate. Yeah. You can see, and it's, we're two miles, directly two miles away from the, from the interstate. So when we have our big Christmas light show each, each year, we do a big drive-through Christmas light show. Wait, wait, um, during what, the, during what the do winter. you do? A drive-through Christmas light show at Christmas time. No, yeah, at Easter, our, of yeah. course, Christmas time. Uh, but yeah. how does this work? So we—it's about a two-mile, two-mile show that you drive through. Um, it goes for about uh, 
about two miles, but it starts in November and ends in January, and yeah. it's a synchronized Christmas light show. Synchronized the music and everything. It takes about forty-five minutes to drive, forty-five minutes to to an hour to drive through, um, and it's it's something we do during the winter too. So we always have. I mean, it helps with income coming to, in the winter. It would usually not be happening. So yeah, because we're going to say that there's sometimes. <laughs> sometimes drag racing uh owners hope that it was may already when they see the first snowflake fly yeah uh, yeah uh, an amazing thing jason jason what have what should we have talked about in one whole minute that we didn't cover no i'm good <laughs> i love it all right so jason if people come down to see you i mean come down to the track are you going to be trackside you're going to be around town? uh I'm usually, during the events, I'm usually in the tower um, themselves. I'm usually in the tower because I usually run, I'll run the events themselves. That's that's probably my forte of the event management style of, of, of my job is that's, that's just what I've done for most of my life. But I'll usually, if I have to be out there, I'll be out in the water box. I can be out and I can hand out time slips. If I have to be out to take a gate, i got to take a gate. But usually I'm in the tower, so. <laughs> and people can buy to these events. They can buy tickets online, too, right? You, you can buy tickets online at nationalfairraceway.com, or we always take we always take tickets at the gate because we always understand how drag racing works. You never know with the weather. Yeah, right. And then if they want to see more about you, you have a Facebook page? Yep, you can check us out at Facebook at National Trail Raceway. Or you can go online at our website, nationaltrailraceway.com. Absolutely. And as our listeners know, we are coming down to National Trail Raceway this Friday. We are going to see what's going to go on there, friends. And this sounds like an absolute blast. We can't wait to go down and, and see it now. We're looking at the Garmin and we're going, okay, go to Columbus, turn left. Okay, yep. great. <laughs> Harry, we'll we'll find you. If you're going to be there, Jason, can we look you up? Absolutely. We can't wait to see you. Anyways, Jason Murray, thank you so very much for being with us, National Trail Raceway. Man, I'm telling you, if anything else, folks, go on down there. Clearly, this is a fan-friendly track, and they obviously have you in mind to go for your hard-earned entertainment dollars. And this demolition drags just sounds like a winner. So, oh, thanks a lot, Jason. What? Go ahead. It, it's one that you want to see, and you can see videos on it all over, all over YouTube. Yeah, but it's nothing like seeing it live. Oh yeah. I you mean, hear the crunch, when you hear the crunch, it's always the best. And you hope to God it's not a bone. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe that one person wanted the bone. Good lord, <laughs> jeez. Anyways, Jason, hang on line for a second. Right now, CKOWI Radio 76, your home for high performance hits of the 60s and 70s with the Rolling Stones and Jumping Jack Flash.